Happy Wednesday, everyone. For those who are new to the channel, I welcome you. And to those who are returning, I welcome you back. You might have noticed that we have been undergoing a lot of changes here at the channel. For our returning members, you would be used to me saying welcome to Tanisha's Reading Corner. But I have decided to change the look of the cover art and the name to a better reflect the true purpose behind this podcast. Wellness through reading is all about teaching people how to incorporate reading as a daily habit as a form of self-care. In today's first episode as Wellness Through Reading, we will be going over 11 tips on how to incorporate more reading into your daily life so that way you can read up to two books per week. Also, later in the episode, we will be doing a book review on Mr. Malcolm's List and so much more. So I thank you for all who are returning. Thank you. Welcome back. And those who are new, I thank you. I thank everyone. And welcome to Wellness Through Reading. Before we dive in, I just want to let you know that this video is sponsored by Semaine Health Supplements. Stay tuned for later in the video on how Semaine Supplements can help balance your hormones. So as always, I like to start off each week with a weekly book challenge. So as the summertime is slowly approaching on us, um, the weather outside is more favorable depending on where you live, I encourage all of you to go outside and read. Now more on the why and later on the episodes, we will cover that. But for now, get a blanket, something comfortable or table, go outside, read for at least 30 minutes a day. Not only will you be getting your daily reading in, you'll be getting a daily dose of vitamin D. All right, up next, journal time. Now this is a new series that I'm implementing because reading and journaling go hand in hand. It's like peanut butter and jelly. And so oftentimes the why of a habit is more important than the what, because if you understand, if you not understand, but if you personally write out why it is you want to read more daily, you're more likely to do it. So for journal time in your reading journal, which I hope you all have one because we do have a podcast episode dedicated to why we need one in your reading journal. Here is your prompt for this week. Why I love reading. What is it about reading that makes you happy? What is it about it that makes you want to do it? What is it about it that makes you want to keep it a daily habit? It could be one sentence. It can be three. It could be as many as you need. But write out your why. And once you write out your why, break it down into three words why you love to read. And then place it somewhere that you'll remember. Whether it's, you know, in your phone, whether it's on your bathroom mirror, whether it's on your refrigerator. Put it somewhere where you can see it so that way you remind yourself, okay, that's right, I gotta get my reading done today, and that's why. Listeners of the podcast, once you are done with either the weekly book challenge, the journal time challenge, or both, leave a review about the episode, and then also in your review, say, hey, Tanisha, I did the journal prompt, or I did the weekly book challenge, or I did both, and the first comment I see, I'll read it at the next episode. So actually, we have a new review on Apple Podcast by username Kitty Kitty Calf. Uh, her review states, this channel needs more attention and it is so good. It has an amazing concept. I thank you so much for this review. I must say that review really made my day. I'm so happy that you guys are enjoying what you're listening to. So also in the review, if you feel like there's a topic that we should cover here on the channel, please leave that as well, too. I would love to hear your ideas.
y'all might have heard me say this a million times on this channel, but I just love reading. I love reading because of how it makes me feel, how it is my way of escapism a little bit from the world, how it just de-stresses me after a long day. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys feel the same way as well, but as a full grown adult with responsibilities, it can be hard to stop and find those moments to actually read. Life happens, career, family, businesses, etc. can make reading a daily challenge. According to the Pew Research Center, about 64% of American adults say they have read a book in the past 12 months. Not just, no, not a book a month, one book for a year. Yeah, not good, people. Also, the National Endowment for the Arts released a report back in 2015 that showed literary reading among adult Americans had declined significantly over the previous 20 years. In 1992, 56% of Americans had read at least one book of literature in the previous year. By 2014, that number had fallen to 46% had read a book, which means that 54 had not. And the NEA report also found that literary reading was more common among older adults than younger ones, especially those in retirement age. Uh, also, another report in 2014, 53% of adults aged 65 and older reported reading literature compared to 36% of adults aged 18 to 24. Another survey by the American Time Use uh, from the Bureau of Labor and Statistics found that an average American aged 15 and older spent roughly 7 minutes per day reading in 2017. That number was down 9 minutes in 2014. So what do all these statistics mean? It's basically suggesting that a majority of Americans say they have not read a book in the past year. And overall, the reading rate in America has declined significantly over the years. And you know what, that's not entire, that's just here in America too, that these statistics could also be applied elsewhere as well. But there are many reasons as to why it is failing for starters. Uh, the fast pace, wor fast pace of the modern world is one of them. With the demands, like I said, of work, family, and social obligations, many people feel they simply don't have the time to read. You know, there is also the rise of the digital media. In our constantly connected world, it's easy to get your news nowadays and entertainment from other sources other than books. You know, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all those platforms is basically where you get your news nowadays. And also another reason why, you know, the decline of reading is at the cost of books. I mean, with inflation and everything, books can be expensive, especially if you're buying them new. Used books are a cheaper option, but many people simply don't have the time to hunt for those as well, too. And overall, reading has declined in popularity. As fewer people read, it becomes less socially acceptable to do so. This can create a vicious cycle that leads uh, even fewer people to read. Which is why I decided to do this podcast episode. After reading all those statistics, I'm like, it's, well, we have all these things that prevent us from doing it it's actually one of the most easiest habits to keep if you know have the right tools and tips so onward to the 14 tips that you can use to help you read up to two books per week so number one finding the me time me time is crucial me time is very self-explanatory it is time dedicated to taking care of me finding moments where you can check in on you and focus on what your needs are 
And can I just say for the record, that is not selfish. Please do not feel like you are being selfish to taking me time. It is not. Once we are able to fill up our own cup of our needs, we are better able to help other people in the world. But we must start with ourselves first. That is not selfish. That is self-care and that is self-love. So how do we find the me time? First of all, write it down on the calendar if you're a planner type of person. Also, around the time that you dedicate to you time, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, evening, wherever your time is, tell the people who are also in your household, hey, this is my me time, so I need y'all to take some time out and let me take care of me. Set reminders for yourself to do it, right? Set a reminder on your phone. Um, hey, me time's coming up, you know, get ready. Also, write in your refrigerator, put on your bathroom mirror, whatever you need to do to keep a reminder of it, you must find this time. That is why it is also important to either develop a very healthy morning or evening routine. Now, without even thinking about it, you probably already have a good morning or evening routine. And so incorporating reading into that habit is actually not going to be that difficult. Studies have shown that attaching a new habit to an already existing one makes it easier for the new habit to become a daily routine because you're already doing one habit and that will remind you of doing the other one. Tip number two. To incorporate more reading, perhaps you need to do a social media detox. One of the reasons why you might not be able to get as much reading as you want into your daily life is because you're spending the majority of your free time on social media. So, here's some more statistics for you. There are 4.6 billion social media users, which is roughly 59.4% of the world's population. On average, users spend 2, hour, two hours and 31 minutes daily on social media. Teens have shown an increase in their daily screen time from 7 hours and 22 minutes to 8 hours and 39 minutes. There are 26% of social media platform users aged 18 to 29. So however far time we use on our phones was determined by a study done in 2022. Facebook is the most popular, costing people an average of 33 minutes each day. YouTube takes an average of 19 minutes per day. Users spend an average of 30 minutes on Snapchat. Instagram users, y'all are um, they're 29 minutes a day and Pinterest typically take it slow and scroll through ideas but you're on there right 14.2 minutes every day all in all we are spending way too much time on these social media platforms now I'm not against social media period but if you want to incorporate reading into your life you might have to cut down on that maybe set a timer for yourself maybe you know today I'm only on social media for like maybe an hour and that way the remaining time I can put towards reading or other activities we just need limits, you know? And also, speaking of limits, tip number three, a television detox. Television detoxing um, can also be the reason why you're not incorporating more reading to your daily life. The average American spends seven hours looking at a screen each day, TV screen. According to data from the Data Repertoire, the average American spends six hours and 15 minutes looking at a screen every day. So here's a story for you. I once saw an interview that Barack and Michelle Obama did that they stated that they only allowed their daughters, Malia and Sasha, to have two hours of TV per week. 
And that's extreme. I mean, that's, you know, one sitcom and maybe two cartoon episodes on the weekend. But, I mean, just follow the example. Setting time limits and saying, you know what, this week I'll only watch this episode, this series, and then, you know what, I'm turning the TV off. And then, um, dedicate the rest of that time to reading. As my grandmother say, you know, stop staring at the idiot box. You know, watch your shows. I'm not saying don't, but don't mindlessly stare at the TV for hours on end, which we all do after a long day of work. Or, you know, maybe take it to another extreme. Maybe take the social media or the television detoxing for a week or a month. You know, some people might need that. Maybe you need to just detoxify from all the toxicity from those social media platforms as well, too. You know, typically what I like to do, I like to take a few hours on Sunday, like from... 8 a.m. to noon, no social media, no television. Get my reading done. Tip number four. Always keep a book close by you, especially if you're at a doctor's appointment and you're in the waiting room or if the doctor or dentist or wherever you're at is running late. There you go. You can bring out a book and they get your reading done. Also, to my listeners who take public transportation to and from work, bring it with you. Read it. Whether it's a physical one, an ebook, or an audiobook, take it out and start reading or listening. And yes, audiobooks do count as reading. I mean, that seems kind of easy one to do, but I can speak typically from my own experience that you know, and sometimes it's not easy to move on because I like to finish every book that I start to read. But there are some times that you just cannot get through it. And that's okay. Stop and pick up another one. So I have tried very, very hard to get into the Twilight series books. My friend was a huge Twilight fan. And for just the life of me, I could not get into this series. At one point, I'm just like the character, the storyline, the plot. I just, I couldn't do it. So finally I gave the book back to my friend and said, I tried. It just wasn't for me. And that's okay. Move on. And especially if you've been reading a certain type of genre of re- novels or whatever reading, and it's just you realize it just isn't for you, well then, moving onward to tip number six. Try reading another genre. Switch up the topic. Sometimes reading the same story plot over and over can be tedious and lead to boredom. As humans, we are always looking for things that bring us joy and pleasure, and if what you are reading does neither, you might give up on the habit altogether. Therefore, I ask of you, before giving up, just try something new. There are hundreds and thousands of genres. I'm a true romantic at heart, so I love the romance series of all different subgroups and everything. But admittedly, even I need a break and will pick up a historical fiction or a murder mystery from time to time. Tip number seven. Create a reading list so that you never run out of books to read. A TBR list or to-be-read list is my list is forever growing. And also keep that in your reading journal as well too. So every time you see a new title or someone tells you about something, jot it down and add it to your TBR list. So that way you are never without books to read. Also, a good way of growing your TBR list is looking at the authors of books that you really liked and seeing what other books they have in their series. Perhaps there is a whole series about that current book that you're reading, so that way you can keep on journeying back into that land that you liked. Case in point, 
I recently read Aphrodite and the Duke by J.J. McAvoy, and as I was doing my research on the author, I discovered that she is the author of a several series, and that Aphrodite and the Duke is just the first in her new series, and so the second book, Verity, which is about the Duke's sister, Aphrodite's stepsister, Aphrodite's sister-in-law, I'm sorry, Aphrodite's sister-in-law, is already out. So I'm adding that one to the TBR list. And you know what, guys, stay tuned because there will be a podcast episode about that one because I hear it's a good one. Tip number eight, creating space to read. So we've talked about creating time, but creating a physical space to read is also important. You know, um, originally this podcast was called Tinnitus Reading Corner because it was about a corner that I had dedicated in my room to which I had a physical space to go to to read. And I think that's important too, to have just a physical location to go to read makes the happy homier. Also in your corner, set the mood for it. Light a candle, put on some instrumental music that's kind of low in the background so it doesn't distract you. Plenty of lighting and just start reading. Creating a homier and comfier environment, it just for me, it helps me to want to want to do it even more. But also in your corner, bring snacks with you. And that is tip number nine. Serve yourself some desserts. Treat yourself. As I stated earlier, if you associate a positive action with a habit, it's reinforcement for the mind to continue that same activity. Case in point, when I'm reading, I like to make myself some iced coffee. So my mind is associating reading with drinking my favorite coffee. Therefore, it wants it not only more coffee, but more reading. If coffee's not your thing, have some tea, have some snacks, have some cakes, whatever makes you comfortable, treat yourself. This is your time. But, you know, as humans, we get bored with things very quickly. So sometimes you need to just do tip number 10, which is change of scenery. Going back to the reading challenge that we stated earlier, which is go outside to read, for those of you who've forgotten, not all, but most readers are typically introverts who need a lot of coercion in order to leave the house. Now, it's summertime, as I stated, so, you know, typically the sun is out more, so go outside, get your daily dose of vitamin D, and bring a book with you. So if the weather permits where you are, get yourself a blanket, go to the beach, a park, or in your backyard with a good book, drink some water, stay hydrated, and read. Getting daily sunlight has many health benefits, such as it reduces your blood pressure, helping to regulate your immune system, strengthens your bones, improves your sleep quality, and also boosts your mood, and so on. So, you're doing two good things at once. Which brings us to our last tip, tip number 11, which for me, I think is the most important one of all, be patient. Whenever starting something new, it might not be perfect at first. It might not fit into your plans at perfect. You might need to change some things around. You might be off a week, but then off on another. Give yourself some grace and get back on the horse when you fall off. Most researchers and scientists will tell you that it takes upward of 30 or even 60 days to fully incorporate a new daily habit. So this will take time. And what I've learned is that time when I have fallen off are teachable moments to know, okay, that didn't work, but what will work? And then keys keep going. There you have it. 11 tips to incorporate more reading so you can read up to two books per week. But before moving on to the book review of the day for Mr. Malcolm's list, a word from our sponsor.
Ladies of the podcast, did you know that your period is not supposed to hurt? Periods are normal, but the pain should not be. Inflammation occurs naturally on your cycle, but painful periods indicate that the inflammation is higher than it should be. That's where Semaine supplements come in. Semaine, PMS supplements comes packed with nine superpowered plant extracts and minerals. Semaine will not only help to lower your pain levels, but to also support your body naturally from cycle to cycle. For more information, go to their website at semaine, S-E-M-A-I-N-E, health.com. Also, follow them on Instagram, at Semaine Health. Also, listen to the podcast. When you find a supplement that you like to use, your promo code, Tanisha's Reading Corn, to get 20% off your first bottle. Again, the promo code, Tanisha's Reading Corn, to get 20% off your first bottle. Now, let's get back into the episode. Review of the day, Mr. Malcolm's List by Susanna Lane. Now, this is one that's roughly 244 pages, published by Penguin Random House in 2009. Now, before I go any further, I am warning you there will be spoilers, so if you haven't read the entire book, please go read it, then come back and enjoy the episode. So, this story is set in the Regency era and is about a handsome gentleman named Mr. Jeremy Malcolm. And he is looking to find love and a wife, but he has this very long list of requirements that a woman must possess if she is to be his wife. So, Jeremy's Malcolm's requirements of a wife include 1. Amiable and even-tempered 2. Handsome of countenance and figure 3. Candid, truthful, and guileless 4. Converse in a sensible fashion 5. Conduct yourself by extensive reading 6. A forgiving nature 7. Charitable and altruistic. 8. Graceful, well-mannered. 9. Possesses musical or artistic talent. And 10. Has genteed relations from good society. A list of tips to keep reading more books. That's appropriate. A list of requirements for a person to achieve in order for you to be happy? No. This list describes the perfect human being. But the problem in society is that there are no perfect people in this world. Uh, So Mr. Malcolm compared every woman he met to this list. And of course, they all fell short. He he found flaws with all of them. While in this text, he is considered to be the catch of the season. He is quickly gaining the reputation of being what they call a trifler. A breaker of girls' hearts and destroyer of young women's dreams. One such debutante who he dreams he destroyed was named Julia. Malcolm takes Julia to the opera and he was less than impressed. Obviously, she didn't meet the requirements on his ridiculous list. And when she does not hear back from Malcolm in weeks, she calls on her cousin Cassie to inquire about why Mr. Malcolm had not called upon her again. Now, Cassie and Mr. Malcolm are dear friends, so I mean, he feels a little uncomfortable talking about this, but her his cousin Julia is a little pushy, so Cassie tells her about the list and how she failed number five requirement because she was not familiar with the new corn laws. So again, number five was educate herself by extensive reading. I mean, understandably so. I mean, why would you want to read about the corn laws? I guess. 
Julia, feeling humiliated and utterly embarrassed, enlists the help of her childhood friend, Selena Dalton, to give Malcolm a taste of his own medicine. Now, Julia's plan is as follows. So Selena and Julia and Cassie are to train Selena on all the requirements on Mr. Malcolm's list. And she is to allow Mr. Malcolm to court her, meeting all the requirements on his list. But then when he falls in love with her, she is to turn on him, turn on him by turning him down. So that way Malcolm can know, Mr. Malcolm can know how it feels to not meet someone else's expectations. A little harsh and kind of cruel and just a little like immature, but I get it. So hey, Selena agrees because I mean, in her world, she is the daughter of a vicar and therefore does not have the means to be able to tend society balls without Julia. So she kind of has to go along with the plan to go along. I must say, I mean, it's a real page turn of this book. I finished it literally in one sitting and had to go back and reread it again because it's just fun. The conversation's very witty. It's very cute. Um, my favorite character of all of them is definitely Selena. She's not a pushover, but I mean, she does, especially because she calls out Malcolm for having such a list and not, and he's not even able to meet the requirements. He doesn't play an instrument. So is it really fair to ask someone else to meet a standard that you can't even reach? Julia, on the other hand, it took me some time to likening her because she is incredibly manipulative, selfish, and just flat out mean. I mean, the only reason she even called upon her friend Selena was to use her in a ruse against Malcolm. She hadn't even spoken to her in years since their childhood. And then, you know, as the relationship between Malcolm and Selena develop, and she actually really starts to fall for him. And then more people start paying more attention to Selena, and because of their relationship, uh, she... Julia enacts a cruel plan that almost destroys Malcolm and Selena's relationship. So yeah, but Julia, I will say, kind of grew on me. By the end of the book, she does have her own arc. She realizes her flaws and she does make amends. So I'll give her some credit for that. Mm. <laughs> I'll let you be the judge. Because as always with my book reviews, I don't like to reveal too much because I do want you to read it for yourself. Another aspect of this that I really did love was there's a lot of good quotes on here as well. The ones that I love are the one where Selena and Malcolm actually first meet. She tells them, is any dream futile? It gives us hope and hope is a good thing. Another one is a speech that Malcolm gives to Selena as to why he needed that list to begin with. So he states, there is a certain feeling of insecurity in loving someone. I had guarded myself from that sort of vulnerability for so long that I was petrified to let someone so close to me. Then when I found an excuse to not let you in, I left at it. It was easier for me to think that you were like all the others than to allow you to disrupt my life. Now, as someone who is an A-type, I love a good list. I think lists are a good way to remember things, good ways to keep things in order. But they're not very, I mean pause lists are not good when it comes to people in terms of determining you know you have to have this type of characteristics in order for me to love you that doesn't work nobody is perfect and having an extravagant list of requirements 
it just shows how in like Malcolm said he was insecure and scared to allow someone to love because you know, it's scary to love somebody these days so I mean corny and trite as it is I typically like to say choose to love unconditionally and give people the benefit of the doubt and that was my book review of Mr. Malcolm's List by Susanna Lane. I thank you once again for tuning into this episode, but as always, I like to end my podcast with a quote. And one goes, healthy habits are learned in the same way as unhealthy ones, through practice. Wayne Dice. Well, we have covered a lot today. We have covered 11 tips on how to read more than two books per week. We've also done a book review on Mr. Malcolm's List. And we've also indicated that we have changed our name to Wellness Through Reading. A lot of great changes coming up, but also good changes for you as well, too. So as always, please, please, please leave a review. Share with family and friends, wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on YouTube, because we have a YouTube channel. Leave a review and subscribe to the channel so that way you become notified when um, new episodes are uploaded. I thank you all once again for tuning in and I wish you all good wellness and good reading. Have a good day.